Honey came in and she caught me red-handed, creeping with the girl next door. It wasn't me. This is the Tennis Podcast. It is me because you're my honey listener. And today, Dr. Buster is my girl next door. This is the Tennis Podcast. This is the show where every week myself or my sidekick host bring a top tennis list along with fun facts and trivia. The lists are usually fact-based and the other person tries to guess all tennis items in real time with no prior chance to prepare. Buster, happy holidays. Hey, thank you. I'm never the main squeeze, but I am the boy next door that you just can't quit thinking about every time you see him go out there and wash the car or take the trash out. You might not be the main squeeze, but that booty is definitely squeezable. And we're going to be doing some metaphorical booty squeezing on today's show, Buster. Well, that's every episode I'm on. Now, quick question. It being the holidays, do you think Santa's ever been caught red-handed like that? Maybe not with the girl next door, but with the presents from next door? He's literally red-handed, Buster. He wears red gloves. Okay, if I wear black gloves, Nick, that doesn't mean my hands are black. Okay, but but obviously red-handed is also a saying, too. When someone's guilty of something, their hands are not literally red, fucking asshole. (laughs) Science lesson for you there. Second, I meant, like, when he's trying to put the gifts all genderly underneath the tree, and his big red ass (laughs) is trying to sneak off a couple of cookies before he dips out. Kid comes down, sees him, he's like, it wasn't me. No, he beats that kid to death because he can't have any witnesses. (laughs) But what does it say about this guy? We got a sidebar here. This guy, he's breaking into your home, first of all, but we all accept that. It's fine. We know. But now he comes down, he's expecting cookies and milk, right? I, kind I don't of, know that he's expecting it. I think he is, because I wonder if it's when he doesn't get cookies and milk at a house, it's kind of the same as like not tipping a waiter or waitress. Sure. You know? He just carves it out of your, your present <laughs> lot for the following say. year. Or he just takes one or two presents that he brought with him back, back up the <laughs> chimney. <laughs> with him now how does he get in the homes without a chimney i feel like this was covered on a popular christmas children's movie and i don't it's the santa claus with tim allen they say that he goes in like the little but that's just one theory yeah how about coming in through the (laughs) front door i mean if if the guy can squeeze himself down a chimney i think he can walk through the front door i think the rationale there when santa was being created in a laboratory somewhere was Well, we don't want people to leave their doors unlocked at night waiting for Santa because then they're going to be a target Mm. of theft or worse. So we got to find another way to get Santa in these homes, chimney. And I'll bet this Santa, well, I don't bet. I know Santa was created at a time when people were living in individual homes and they had wood fire stoves and stuff. So every home had a chimney. Homes not having chimneys. Yeah, no central heat. So... Santa hasn't evolved with the times now, as far as his entry. An additional part of this cheery time of year that always gets me, what a high American bar we set when there are ads pumped out 24-7 throughout the month of December that people would buy each other a car for Christmas. When I see those, I think, hey, congratulations. I paid the down payment, but now you got an $800 car payment for the next five years. Enjoy. Or do they buy the whole car? Are they that wealthy? It could be either. I think it depends on the gift giver, the gift receiver. I don't know, Buster, but some of us enjoy giving gifts. Not all of us are little Grinches like you. Yeah. Do you enjoy giving a gift that's a $50,000 brand new truck? Hey, that's just like one month of Tennis Pod Plus revenue I'm getting, Bob. Well, not all of us earn that every month from our <laughs> Patreon subscribers. So. And you can sign up at TennisPod.com slash plus. Well, Dr. Buster... Let's get right into it. We have a lot to cover today. I opened the show with what? Lyrics from a song. 
from a thong. Uh, around what time would you say that song probably came out? 2001. That sounds probably right. I actually don't know for sure. Artist is Shaggy. I Let's had the I had the LP of that, and I remember listening to that with my <laughs> my circular glasses, my bowl haircut, and just jamming. Because you were 2001, you would have been 10 or 11. I was in sixth grade. Yeah, the bowl haircut and the circular glasses. By the way, not an exaggeration. Can confirm. So that is an early 2000s song, which is a big hint for today because today we're talking about the. Let me set you up first. Previously, way back on episodes 31 and 41, we had two of our most downloaded episodes ever, which was the top 80s songs and the top 90s songs that are streamed today on Spotify. So we're doing the 2000s version of that. These are the most streamed songs on Spotify, the songs that came out between the year 2000 and the year 2009. And I'm using the same source I used in those prior episodes, which is an article from a website I've never heard of before or since, but pudding.cool. <laughs> There's... What? That's what it's called. Pudding.cool is the website. But they have this really interactive... I'm not going to send it to you now because then you'll see the list, but I'll put a link in the show notes. All these like really interactive charts and tables and graphs about every decade of music on Spotify. It's a really cool site, but I'm using that today and it tracks the number of plays annually that a song receives on Spotify. When we're talking about most streamed songs, we're talking about of all time. Their average annual play count. Oh, average annual. See, that's an important distinction. Mm -hmm. So, for example, number one on today's list is a song released between the year 2000 and 2009 that has an average annual Spotify play count of 59 million. That means every year, about 59 million times this song is being played on Spotify today. I have a hunch for number one. I suspect one of the songs here is holiday-themed. Hold that thought. I'm going to read you this thing. So first of all, again, pudding.cool is the list. I also pulled notes from billboard.com and Wikipedia. Until recently, it was impossible to measure the popularity of older music. Billboard charts and album sales only tell us about a song's popularity at the time of its release. So when you hear someone say, that song was number one on the charts. That means they were number one when it was released, but that doesn't tell you the long-term impact of that song. But now we have Spotify, a buffet of all music, new and old. Tracks with fewer plays are fading into obscurity, and those with more plays are remaining in the cultural ether. Past popularity doesn't always translate into present-day popularity. This is a list not of a song's popularity when it was released or even in the years right after. This is a list of songs released between 2000 and 2009 that have endured to this day. Buster? What songs do you think are safe bets to not be in the top 10? I want to say the I Love You song for the Barney intro probably didn't make the cut, although That's I 90s. do suspect it's close. So no, because of the very rules of the list that I just described to you for about five minutes, that song would not qualify or even be eligible for consideration, sir. Well, two things. One, I don't really listen when you're speaking. Two, you asked me to put up a song I know is okay. not on the list and... You know, if I pick you know, Led Zeppelin's Black Dog, then yeah, for sure we know it's not going to be on the list. So I think I follow directions pretty well. I can't even fucking like respond to this because my blood is boiling so much. Because you're blown away by my accuracy and wit. I know. Let's see. I would say that something from the Backstreet Boys, like fourth album. I don't even know what <sighs> it was because nobody cared at that point. I bet it's not on here. True. In fact, there's no boy bands in the top 10. Oh, no. No boy bands? No NSYNC? No. 
That is interesting. Yeah, yeah because like Bye Bye Bye, for example. That was going to be one of my guesses. came out in 2000 or 2001. I'm looking here because I have the top 51 in front of me and I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. That's hard to believe. And again, I think that speaks to what I was saying in my intro there. It's not about the song's popularity when it first came out. It's about the songs that have endured and are still played by people of all ages today. And I don't know if many people are still listening to Bye 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 today. Mm -hmm. I might keep up my consistent reputation and do a pretty bad job of guessing this list. Fucking, I'd put money on it, people. If, you're ha- if you have a pool okay. out there on Buster Guessing... Go jump yep. in it, but you can't because it's December. <laughs> exactly. All right, enough dilly-dallying. Give me a real guess for the top 10. I kind of want to go with artists. That's fine. We'll narrow it down. You can start with an artist. And then see if I can grab the song after that. Yeah. Is anything from Usher on the list? No. Anything from uh, is either by or featuring Lil John. <laughs> Thankfully, for the sake of human <laughs> culture and reputation, no. Beyonce. No Beyonce. I think if this was a 2010s list, she'd probably be on there. Eminem. Eminem is one of two artists that has two songs in the top 10. Okay, so there are two Eminem songs. You did mean the chocolate-colored candies, right? I did, yeah. The cozy holiday commercials, the intro theme song that they sing. Aren't you impressed with my joke? I bet no one's made that joke before about the rapper Eminem and the candy Eminem. I'm still laughing. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I'm just editing out the laughs for the listeners, but yes, Buster's laughing hysterically right now. I've been laughing for about five minutes, and we just thought that that would get too repetitive, so you cut it all out. I I appreciate it. Are you ever going to fucking guess, or are we just going to sit here and talk? Oh, all right. Eminem. What are the two biggest Eminem songs, you think? Not Without Me. No. Not The Real Slim Shady. That was 1999, I think. So, no, well, there's um, Not Afraid. No. Really? Come on. Anyone thinks Eminem, besides maybe Slim Shady, there's one other song that everyone thinks of first. Well, Not Afraid, I think, is, has been like the biggest... Critically and selling hit. Maybe not on Spotify. Not even outside of Spotify. There's one, there's one song that stands above all others. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the title is because... It includes a popular pasta on one's sweater. Yeah. Dude, the, the oh, listeners no, 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 are no. screaming at you right now. Well, you're just going to edit this out because I'm thinking I'm, tr- I'm getting to the chorus. Lose Yourself by Eminem. Lose Yourself by Eminem is number one on this top 10 list. Oh my God. And not only is it the most streamed 2000s song on Spotify in the modern age, it's also the most streamed song from any decade through the 1950s and the 2000s on Spotify. Wow. Lose Yourself by Eminem, 59 million annual plays on Spotify, firmly in the number one spot. It's from the 2002 soundtrack for the film Eight Mile, starring Eminem. It rose all the way up to number one on the Billboard charts. The song, do you like the song? I know you're an Eminem guy. Yes. I, I, it's not one of my favorites, but it's Clearly. good. It's respectable. Well, I'm sure Eminem is thrilled that you couldn't guess it in like 10 minutes on this show. The song's lyrics explicitly sum up the background of Eminem's character in Eight Mile, B-Rabbit. <laughs> with the first verse summing up much of the plot of the movie. 
The song incorporates several aggressive themes, largely dealing with the struggles dealt by B-Rabbit and how he eventually overcomes his many problems and obstacles to gain the respect of other rappers. Did you see that movie, 8 Mile? I did. I enjoyed it. It was alright. I remember it being a big movie in 2002, but I don't know. I don't think I've heard anyone mention that movie in like 10 years or more. Yeah, I remember the sex scene in the warehouse I thought was unnecessary. Oh, baby. Brittany Murphy, I believe. Yes, it was. I'm sure that was tattooed on your 12-year-old mind. Unnecessary, he says. I'm sure that scene was on pause in your house for a while. <laughs> Eminem recorded this song in a portable studio on the set of 8 Mile while he was on a break from shooting the film, using only one take for each verse. So he's shooting this movie, 8 Mile, his first movie, maybe his only movie, and he has a break, so he walks over to this portable studio and in one take records this whole song. Yeah. That's because, you know, he's not having to act it. He, he's got the skill. I know, but usually even the best artists are doing several takes to, like, get the ideal version of a song recorded. Hey, he says it in multiple tracks. He only needs one take. That's all he needs. <laughs> okay. It has over 1.2 billion views on the music video on YouTube. It won the Academy Award for Best Original Song, making it the first hip-hop song to receive the award and also won the Grammy Award for Best Rap Song and Best Rap Solo Performance. And I think my next note is what makes it so firmly number one. In an analysis of over 30,000 songs on Spotify, Lose Yourself was in the top 10 most popular songs on running playlists. Oh, okay. So a lot of people love to uh, listen to the song while they're running. To keep going. Do you think they mean people like this song to listen to the song while they're running, like jogging, or while they're running from uncertain doom and or monsters and or terrorists. For their life? Maybe from, you know, the police? I don't know. We don't know. I like the idea of someone that is running from some danger. Say there's a monster chasing them. And they got to book it. Like, if they can't run away fast enough, they're dead. But they pause, pull out their phone, pull out their Beats by Dre headphones, turn the music on before they start running for their life. I mean, it will keep you going. You got to find the motivation. You got to put fuel back in that gas tank if you're going to live another day. If you're going to lose yourself. In the moment, you own it. My last note is that President Joe Biden used this song (laughs) in his 2020 presidential campaign. Marshall Mathers, who is Eminem, endorsed Biden in his campaign and gave him consent to use it. Interesting. I don't remember that ad, but... Also, I have to laugh that whoever did the write-up about lose yourself, use the word aggressive. If you want aggressive, check out Eminem's other albums, especially Relapse. There are some songs in there that, oof. He's apologized for much later. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Was that album before or after Lose Yourself? That was after. Relapse is in 2009. Okay. Oh, so some of those could be on here then. Yes, they might be. But they're not. More. Free. Extra. Exclusive. Bonus. Your ass can have it all as a Tennis Pod Plus member. Tennis Pod Plus is available on Patreon and on Apple Podcasts. Members get early access to every episode, and every episode is 100% ad free. Yep, this ad you're listening to right now? Tennis Pod Plus members will never hear this or any other ad on any Tennis episode. Not only that, but members get exclusive bonus content every single month. Bonus content includes episodes like the top 10 most popular soft drinks, 
the top 10 most adorable Pokemon, aw, the life and times of Donald Trump, a deep dive into the QAnon cult, and so much more. Bonus episodes like these are available right within your favorite podcast app. No extra apps or websites needed. Couldn't be easier. But there's other perks too, like free swag, merch discounts, and more. It's super easy to sign up. Just go to tennispod.com slash plus. That's tennispod.com slash P-L-U-S to sign up for as little as $2 per month. Or if you listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts, the app, you can sign up for a free seven-day trial of Tennis Pod Plus in literally one tap. Go to our Apple page and tap the Try Free button at the top. After that, your Apple feed will instantly refresh with all of our ad-free main and bonus episodes unlocked. Not only can you get a free seven-day trial, but you can sign up for an annual option to save over 30%. So what are you waiting for? All the world's water to turn to peanut butter? Well, unfortunately, that might not happen. Maybe. Who knows? Either way, get your ass moving and sign up for Tennis Pod Plus today. Check the show notes for a direct link. All right, well, that was number one. So your dumbass ruined this list right away. But if you have another guess for the second Eminem song, of which you'd never said it in your prior guesses. I haven't said it yet. Okay. Yeah. What number is it? Nine. Oh, okay, all the way down at number nine. Hmm. It's from the album Encore. It's from the album Encore. It's, it's not ass like that, is it? It is not ass like that, but it perhaps should be. Hillary Duff is not quite old enough, so I ain't never seen a butt like that. <laughs> I remember that. Maybe that next is. year I'll say ass and she'll make my baby go. <laughs> ba boing, boing, boing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably not that. I haven't thought about that song in so long, so thank you for that. But Just Lose It is on that album. No. Where he makes fun of Michael Jackson. No. Not that? This song was actually... Well, I'll save that note. This won a Grammy... or It was nominated for a Grammy for Best Rap Solo, but lost to Gold Digger by Kanye West. <laughs> no Kanye in the top 10. Do you want me to just tell you? Sure. It's Mockingbird. Mockingbird. That's a sweet one. Yeah, it's 36 million plays, number nine. Now, remember, number one, Lose Yourself, had 59 million. So this is quite below that. It uh, rose all the way to number 11 on the Billboard charts. Now, this has some mixed reviews, because Lose Yourself is pretty much universally praised as a song. I couldn't find anyone that said a bad word about it in my research. But Mockingbird, Entertainment Weekly writer David Brown was angered. He said... Oh, here we go. This is his quote. Again, he addresses a song to his daughter and explains how he's working hard at being a good father. Which actually, that's the quote. That doesn't sound so bad. I think, I think he's complaining that he keeps talking about being a good father without actually being a good father. How do we know Eminem's not being a good father? Because obviously you're not a mind wizard like Entertainment Weekly's David Brown. Oh, that's silly. The AV Club was a bit more positive. They said, on Mockingbird, Eminem lets his hatred of his ex-wife lie dormant just long enough to provide his daughter <laughs> with a haunting account that is the- of how parents sometimes just can't make it work, no matter how much both parties want to. That's a good write-up. Now, it's not, it's not always his wife, but... Fuck you, Debbie! In all of Eminem's albums, including his most recent one from earlier this year, there's always a song that just absolutely thrashes a previous lover. And it's, it's so bad that you would pay a million dollars not to be that person. Did he date Britney Spears or am I making that up? 
No, I don't know. I don't think so. Now, there is something to be said that Eminem is so kind to his daughters, but many other women out there uh, stand no chance because he can be very hateful towards them. And uh, I remember in college when Onion was more popular, the website with the fake news articles, there was a really good headline that got me. It showed Eminem looking very scared. And it said, Eminem horrified that his daughter is dating someone who grew up listening to his music. <laughs> well, you said he apologized for something. It seems like he's kind of grown up a bit lately. He has. Yeah. It's very interesting. People who aren't Eminem fans assume he doesn't make music anymore, but he puts out at least uh, almost an album a year these days. And I think they're all good. They're great. And he's definitely changed, but you know, people aren't as familiar with his new stuff. Yeah, he's not, he's not at the top of the charts these days, but he is a household name. However, uh, his 2000s era songs are still being listened to on Spotify. All right, you have nine and one, both Eminem. So give me another artist. Is Coldplay on the top 10? Yeah. How many songs? Just one. Do you like Coldplay? I've never asked you that. They're all right. I mean, I think some of it's more generic. I think bands like One Republic and Imagine Dragons do that corner of pop genre rock better. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. <laughs> This is from the two thousand. The song is two thousand five from the album X and Y. I'm probably not going to get it. I was going to ask you if it's the one with the music video with the dancing chimpanzees. I really don't know that. That sounds interesting. I'd I'd rather talk about the dancing chimpanzees. <laughs> but Fix You by Coldplay is number seven in the top ten. It has thirty eight million plays annually on Spotify. The song was started by Chris Martin, which is the uh, lead singer of Coldplay, to comfort his then-wife, actress Gwyneth Paltrow, who he met in late 2002 after her father died. I guess I didn't know or forgot that those two were together. Yeah, that seems very random. The track is built around an organ accompanied by piano and guitar in the first half and an alternative rock style in the second half featuring electric guitar, bass, and drums. Now, it said the track is built around an organ accompanied by piano. Which organ do you think they're talking about? Probably the pancreas. Yeah. Okay. You, now, you, you caught on to the joke. I was going to make a joke earlier, but it, I think it is a song where there's the meme where he goes, you, and then it cuts to a turtle with his mouth open <laughs> and it goes, ah, that's the song. <laughs> do you know what meme I'm talking about? No, I don't, but it sounds amazing. It's Look a banger on TikTok. It's a good one. Turtle meme. Turtle, just type turtle Coldplay. It's like four <laughs> seconds long. <laughs> it's quality stuff. I like how the best things you bring to the show are things that other people create. <laughs> Pretty much anything that comes out of your brain is okay at best. I'm a purveyor, not an originator. So, about this Coldplay song, the hopeful message of the song and its two-part acoustic and themic arrangement was critically acclaimed. And in October 2011, following Apple CEO Steve Jobs' death, god damn, has it already been 11 years since he died? A private memorial service was held and streamed for Apple employees during which the band played the song. Chris Martin remarked that when Jobs first heard the track 10 years prior, he didn't think the band would make it. Steve Jobs was a longtime fan of Coldplay. Interesting. It's been used in a bunch of TV and movies, including the show Without a Trace, Cold Cases, Brothers and Sisters, The Newsroom, and the Netflix series Money Heist. 
What do you think of this song? Do you like it? Uh, I was listening to a quick sample here a minute ago, and yeah, I mean, it's all right. It's pretty. It's pretty and it's slow, right. and yeah, it's not as interesting as other people in that genre. So, pretty and slow, just like your illustrious <laughs> booty clap. Now, do you have another guess? There's one other artist that's on here twice, and it's a big one. I'd say one of the top few artists of the 2000s. Uh, Kanye West? No, and let me rephrase that. Maybe it's one of the top 10 or top few like non-pop artists of the 2000s. It's a band. Okay, an actual band. And let's just say this band will never be performing again, at least not the original members. Okay, someone has passed away. Not DMX. No. <laughs> no, I know. X might still give it to you. Yeah. Posthumously. This isn't U2, is it? This is not U2. No U2 on the list. It's kind of surprising, actually. Is it in that genre? No. This is, I think they call this new metal. New metal. Okay. I think. Man, I'm drawing a blank. Prominently featured in one of the Transformers movies. I always remember the song in the trailer. Hmm. I've become so blank, I can't feel you oh, there. Oh, Linkin Park. Linkin Park. What are their two biggest songs, you think? Oh, man. The one I just said was no. See, that's hard because the ones that are most popular are the ones I don't like because I only like Meteora and Hybrid Theory, their first two albums. And then after that, I say, get out of here with These them. are both Hybrid Theory. They're both on Hybrid Theory. I'll just tell you. Numb is number three. And In the End is number four. And In the End, Buster, it does really matter because they're three and four on this top 10 list. Let's start with In the End, which is four. Has 43 million plays on Spotify. It rose all the way to number two on the Billboard charts. In the end has become one of Linkin Park's most recognizable and signature songs. Chester Bennington, the band's lead vocalist, initially disliked the song and did not want it to be included on the album, Hybrid Theory. But today, the music video on YouTube has over 1.4 billion views, and they've surpassed a billion total streams on Spotify. It's a lot. So that's In the End. And then number three is Numb. I'd call that their most well-known song. Has 53 million plays on Spotify. It rose all the way to number one on Billboard, which is, I think, their only song to do that. Over 1.8 billion views on YouTube. Over a billion total streams on Spotify. And the song has been extensively covered, including a 2017 online meme mashing up Numb with the Seinfeld theme song. Have you heard this? I listened to it today, and it's actually surprisingly <laughs> catchy. You liked it. Yeah, have you listened to it? I have not. Here, I'm seriously going to send you that now. I want you to listen to it. I love Honda ads voiced over by John Cena. It really makes me want to buy the car. <laughs> you are really taking some shots at Honda ads or uh, car ads today. They annoy me. I really dislike how car ads always start as like something inspirational, almost like a movie trailer. Start epic and then at the end you're like, oh, it's just a fucking car ad. Right. Are you hearing the song? Yes, I'm listening. <laughs> it's kind of wild, right? How did someone think of that and figure it out? The timing and the beats. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly impressed seeing people come up with new music mashups all the time, sometimes on TikTok or YouTube. And it's just like, how many songs did you try to put together in this way that were absolute trash before you found this gold like there's a real skill to that everything you said but also there's some people that are talented enough that they just hear it 
once mm. and they know it goes with this other song. But to the larger point of people having talent on the internet, think about the turtle meme with the uh, Coldplay song. Like, there's so much brilliant shit on the internet, we all just take it for yeah. granted. Chester Bennington passed away in 2017. you get enough people all thinking different things, someone's going to stumble across it. And listener of the show, Buster's favorite artist, I think you even have a tattoo of her lyrics on your body, on your tramp stamp there, Nicki Minaj, she remixed the song for her debut mixtape, retitled as Encore 07. And your other favorite artist, Machine Gun Kelly, covered the song on YouTube after Chester Bennington passed away in 2017. Quite the list of mentions and accolades. Yeah, it's huge. I was never really a Linkin Park guy. Yeah, you don't seem like the Linkin Park type. I don't. I think these are good songs, and like I would listen to them if they were on the radio or something, but... You're not alternative enough. I don't have Linkin Park on my personal playlist, no. But I respect what they've accomplished. And people really enjoyed their crossover album with Jay-Z. I was not that much of a fan. They should have stopped doing crossovers after Seinfeld. <laughs> I asked my followers on Twitter at the Nick Amell. I told them to tell me their favorite song that they listened to over and over that came out during this era. So some of these might uh, spur some more guesses for you. Dr. Shiloh, a frequent guest on this podcast, she commented and said, One More Time by Daft Punk. Oh, hey, that's a good one. Simon, at Precise Path on Twitter, he said, Here to Stay by Korn. Ooh, I like that. At Subpar Talks on Twitter said, Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. Hot take. <laughs> Weird Distractions podcast, they said, Float On by Modest Mouse. Oh, I loved that song. And the Sci-Fi Wise Guy said, Deadly Sinners by Three Inches of Blood. The song was on the Saints Row 2 soundtrack, and it's made every rock and metal playlist I've made since. I have more responses that I'll read later, but there's one of those songs I just mentioned that is on this top 10 list. Which one I'm going to guess it is? One More Time by Daft Punk. That's probably what I would have guessed too, but no. So it's... Float On by Modest, Ma Modest Mouse? It's, no. It, don't tell me it's a corn song, really? No. No, okay. Number 10 is Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Boulevard. Green Day. Got it. You're not a Green Day guy, and neither am I, so I'm not really surprised you didn't guess this. No, but I do remember that being so popular with people who went to our high school. We were probably, I don't know what grade we were when I remember that being, like, probably when we were like 13 to 16, people mm -hmm. who just felt like no one in the world would ever <laughs> understand them loved that song. They walk this lone. how's it go? I walk this lonely road. Yeah. The only road that I've ever known. On my boulevard of broken dreams. It's deep. Well, it came out in 2004. It's number 10 with 32 million streams annually. It's from the album uh, American Buster. Oh, wait, sorry. American Idiot. <laughs> okay. It rose all the way to number two on the Billboard charts. It's their highest ever ranking song. Frontman Billy Joel Armstrong, listener of the show, he felt that the song fit nicely with the album's storyline, which is about, quote, going away and getting the hell out while at the same time fighting their own inner demons, end quote. Mm. And that quote makes no sense to me. It seems like you just said three different things at the same time. Yeah. I don't dislike the song and I don't dislike Green Day. It just was never my favorite that I fanboyed over. Yeah, me too. I respect them as a, they've been around forever and they have a ton of hits, but they've never been my personal bag. It's just not my bag, baby. Please don't do that. In response to Hurricane Katrina and the popularity of Boulevard of Broken Dreams, they came out around the same time. <laughs> came out as if Hurricane was like a release. 
Green Day donated all of their iTunes proceeds from the song that year to the American Red Cross for Katrina aid efforts. I think uh, Donald Trump might have done that too. Hmm. With all of the donations he's received. As of 2021, Boulevard of Broken Dreams is the only song to win both the Grammy Award for Record of the Year and the MTV Music Video Award for the year. Hmm. Last note is Noel Gallagher of Oasis criticized Green Day in late 2006 saying, quote, they should have the decency to wait until I am dead before stealing my songs. I at least pay the people I steal from that courtesy. Referencing the fact that Boulevard of Broken Dreams uses the same chord progression as the Oasis hit single Wonderwall. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Somebody told me a couple months ago that Oasis themselves, the group, was stealing songs from people. And eventually they got found out and that's what broke them up. I don't know if that's true. I don't know either. If that is true, the irony of that, given the quote I just read, it's extremely rich in iron. It is. And <laughs> rich in iron. My God. That's good. And there's only so many chord progressions you can use. Yeah. You know. I know Nirvana got flack for using the same chords from the Boston song, More Than a Feeling, on mm. Smells Like Teen Spirit. Now, one that I can't excuse is Ice Ice Baby ripped off of <laughs> Under Pressure by Queen. I mean, no, I think you might just... have that backwards. Didn't Queen rip off Vanilla <laughs> good Ice? Good Lord. It's. <laughs> All right, do you have another guess? Hmm. Any more rap artists? No, but there is a hip-hop. I mean, it's more of a pop song, really, but... Male or female artist? It's a male duo. A male duo. This song, you mentioned Boulevard of Broken Dreams being huge in our teenage years. This also. I remember when this came out right around the same time, actually, as Boulevard of Broken Dreams, and this song was everywhere. And it's a good-ass song. My kids love it. I still listen to it sometimes. Got any other hints? It did a lot for the Polaroid camera. Oh, Outcast. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, oh, oh. By Outcast 2003 is number five. Don't want to meet your daddy. <laughs> I really love that song. <laughs> Just want you in my caddy. 41 million Spotify plays. It's from the Outcast album Speaker Box. Three X's slash the love below. Just pick a name, man. Wait, why do you think there are three X's? Was that a typo? No, it's not a typo. No, I, obviously, Nick. I think they are just so cool that they had to have more than one X. I've never liked that trend, and I know I'm not part of the culture, but like a lot of times in hip hop and that world, there's purposeful misspellings of words and names, you know, using a K instead of a C, stuff like that. Well, you didn't think it was a sexual reference, do you? Triple X? I have no idea. Now wait, what number is this? Number five. Hey Ya received universal acclaim from musical, music critics and fans alike. Pop Matters described the track as brilliantly rousing and spazzy with electrifying multiplicity. <laughs> Why do reviews always have to use... You couldn't just say it was good and unique. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why do we have to use these fucking words? Brilliantly rousing. Okay. The lyric, shake it like a Polaroid picture along yeah. with the song's commercial success, helped to temporarily revitalize the Polaroid Corporation, which had declared bankruptcy two years prior in 2001. <laughs> this is so fucking funny, though. Listen to this. Because modern Polaroid film is sealed behind a clear plastic window, casually waving the picture or shaking it has no actual effect on the film's development 
and vigorously shaking the film may actually distort the image by causing the film to separate prematurely and creating blobs in the final image. Now, Buster, I know you know a lot about vigorously shaking and prematurely creating blobs, but do you... But, come on, that was, fun. that was pretty good. That was good? All right. But did you know that shaking the Polaroid, you're not actually supposed to do that? I didn't know. Nevertheless, Polaroid sought to capitalize on the illusion. They sponsored parties for Outcast at which some company distributed Polaroid cameras, and Outcast also made a deal with Polaroid to hold Polaroid cameras during some of the performances. And while Polaroid did not release sales figures, its public image, which was in decline with the growth of popularity of digital cameras, was bolstered by the song. And here's the key note. Despite everything I just said, <laughs> Polaroid would still eventually discontinue the sale of Polaroid cameras and again declare bankruptcy in 2008. Yeah, it just wasn't sustainable. How could It, it was an impossible mission to try to bring yeah. back Polaroids. But I think Polaroids, maybe not the actual Polaroid company, but the, the concept of waving and shaking a picture. I could see that coming back in like a retro way. Well, you know, I suspect there's some instant cameras out there that still do that for, you know, people who want to be hip and have something like that around. Oh, I know there is, but I think it's a, a niche. It is a niche, a niche market. Yeah. Let's go back through what we have so far. We have number 10, Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. Number nine, Mockingbird by Eminem. You're missing eight. Number seven is Fix You by Coldplay. You're missing six. Five is Hey Ya by Outkast. Four is In the End by Linkin Park. Three is Numb by Linkin Park. You're missing two, and one is Lose Yourself by Eminem. Any country in the top ten? No. The rest are, you have two rock bands, actually three rock bands. They're all rock bands left. Although one of those rock bands is, I don't know what I'd call them. Probably not rock, I guess. They're something else. Yeah. Uh, no Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Yes, Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's the one where it's like, do you call them a rock band? I guess you do, but they're kind of like a funk rock. They have so many hits. I'm not sure which one. It's not Californication, is it? It is. Wow. So, even though the album that this song was on came out in 1999, the song itself came out as a single in 2000. Oh, they released a single after the album. Interesting. Yeah. Number eight. Old move. Pretty standard move, actually. I thought singles usually came out before the album. They usually have the lead single before an album, and then they usually have like two to four additional singles afterward. Well, sock me sideways. Or if you're Taylor Swift or any other modern pop artist, then every song on the album will be a single. Okay, so Red Hot Chili Peppers, my favorite artist on the list. At number eight with Californication, 38 million plays. It's from the album Californication, and it rose all the way up to 69... This is where Buster's supposed to say nice on the Billboard charts. The song explores the dark side of Hollywood and the export of culture through the movie industry. The song begins with the lyric, Psychic spies from China try to steal your mind's elation. Frontman Anthony Kiedis says in his book Scar Tissue that he took the inspiration for that line from hearing a woman on a New Zealand street ranting about psychic spies in China. I always love diving into chili pepper lyrics because they're always so fucking weird. The track also makes references to topics such as pornography with the lyric hardcore soft porn and plastic surgery with the lyric pay your surgeon very well to break the spell of aging. Yeah. And even some pop culture references including Nirvana singer Kurt Cobain and David Bowie. I like, I like how the, the word they used to describe the lyrics was the dark side of Hollywood when many people would just say those are the facts of Hollywood. That's how it operates. Could have just said Hollywood. We'd get yes. It. 
that yeah. all the glitz and the glam, that's a very thin veneer that's intentionally marketed and branded. That's not the truth as it is, but hey. Yeah, you're Who really you're a really optimistic person when it comes to pop culture, aren't you? <laughs> hey, I just like it. You know, it's catchy. It's a good song. They got some deep lyrics that mean something. We don't have to diminish them by saying it's the dark Almost side. every Chili Peppers song has deep lyrics. Yeah. That's, what, that's one of my main things I like about it. They're one of my favorite bands, so I'm biased. But Californication has remained one of the band's most popular and most performed live songs, appearing in almost every set list since its live debut, with over 500 performances of this song. Wow. And it's also the band's most watched YouTube video with 950 million views. It is a fun music video. I remember seeing it way back in the day. Based on a video game. Let me read you some more listener responses. Again, this is on Twitter. I said, what's your favorite 2000s song? Let's hear it. All You Wanted by Michelle Branch. Not familiar. <laughs> Not either. But that's from James at James Broke Actor. And then Devin at Dev Sparks says 21 Guns by Green Day. Hmm. I bet if I heard it, I would know it. But Yeah, same here. Paper Planes by MIA. You okay. Know I love, hate that song. That response came from Ye Old Crime. Lindsay from that podcast was on this show before. And my last one here is from E Spooky Christina, who says, Sugar Sugar by Baby Bash and Frankie J. All right. So you just need six and two. Two more rock bands. These are two songs that, for me, when I read the titles of these songs, I didn't instantly recognize them. I was like, what? Do I know this? And I looked it up on YouTube, and within a second, I was like, oh, that song. These are two songs we hear all the time, but I, me personally, I didn't know much about the band or the title. What is the title to number six? And I'll see if I can get to the artist. The title is Seven Nation Army. Oh, interesting. Seven Nation Army. You know the song. It's used in sports a lot. It's from it's 2003. Not, it's not 30 Seconds to Mars, is it? No. If it was, I'd quit the show. I wouldn't do this <laughs> podcast anymore. This is from The White Stripes. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar with them, but I bet I know the song. Look it up while I'm talking. You'll recognize the first chord. You'll recognize it. So this is number six. 39 million Spotify plays. It's from their album Elephant. Some guy from NME, the website, described Seven Nation Army as a diatribe against fame. And according to lead singer Jack White, the song tells the story of a person who, upon entering a town, hears its residents gossiping about him and proceeds to leave the town in response. Driven by a sense of loneliness, he ultimately returns. Do you recognize it? I'm sitting through another ad. <laughs> Is it a car ad? No, it's a very strange... I don't like what I'm seeing. Great. Oh, yes. Yep. That song. It's a good song. Yeah, it is. It's just overplayed. Incredibly catchy. Yep. Talk about ads. That's a song that's on. It's like, on a million five ads. commercials. Yeah. It has become a sports anthem, commonly appearing in audience chants in which a series of oh sounds or the name of an athlete is sung to the tune of the song's riff. It has also served as a theme song for sports teams, personalities, and events, including the 2018 FIFA World Cup. Which isn't it funny that many people who are famous and you know trying to get their brand and their awareness out there. The song's lyrics are actually commenting against the nature of fame. Yeah. It's a diatribe against fame, according to this critic. Um, it's won a bunch of awards. 
Rolling Stones put it number 36 on the 500 greatest songs of all time. And also, it was described as the third greatest guitar riff of the 21st century, again, according to Rolling Stone. Hmm. I have nothing against this band. They've just never been on my radar, really. But the song right. is definitely everywhere. Yeah, not a bad song. It's catchy as all get out. All right, so you need number two. Let me read you 11 through 20. Number 20 is, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, by Outcast. <laughs> 19 is Somebody Told Me by The Killers. That's a good one. I hear that song all the time still. 18 is All the Small Things by Blink-182. Mm-hmm. 17 is The Real Slim Shady by Eminem. I guess that was a 2000 song. 16 is Ignition by R. Kelly. God. I don't know how anybody's still listening to him, but I guess somebody could say the same thing to me about Michael Jackson. I still listen to Michael Jackson, so. Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake at 15. 14 is End a Club by 50 Cent. And that's what I meant earlier about purposely misspelling words. Can't we just say the? I mean, please. Drives me nuts. 13 is The Next Episode by Dr. Dre. It's a good one. Oh, love that song. 12 is Gold Digger by Kanye. Give me a Gold Digger lyric, Buster. <laughs> she's Gold Digger. And 11, Crazy in Love by Beyonce. All right, now. For number two, one of the artists I just mentioned has the song at number two. So it's a rock. Is it one of those songs you mentioned was a rock band? Is, is it The Killers? Yeah. Oh, Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside by The Killers Boom. is number two. And this was another one, like White Stripes, they're just not on my radar. And I was like, nah, I'm sure I know that song. Let me go look it up. And the second I heard the first note, I knew it. I also hear this killer song all the time, and I yeah. do really like it. Yeah, it has some interesting lyrics, too, which I'll get to. So. It's number two, 54 million streams on Spotify. Again, number one had 59 million, so not too far off. It's from their album Hot Fuss. It was one of the first songs that the Killers ever wrote. And in their first performance together as the Killers, the two band members played Mr. Brightside as part of a two-song open mic night set at Las Vegas' Cafe Roma. It was funny to hear those humble beginnings. Yeah. In the United Kingdom, this song has sold over three and a half million copies, and it's the longest charting single on the UK singles chart top 100, it was on the UK charts for 307 weeks, which is almost six years. Oh my God. Now for reference, most songs spend like anywhere from one to maybe 30 weeks on the Billboard charts. So it is very rare for a song to be on a chart for more than a year. And this one was on there for six years. And that's in Britain? In the UK. Wow. It's also one of the top 15 most downloaded songs ever in the United Kingdom. So something about this song really tickled the taint of our British brethren. Lyrically, Mr. Brightside depicts a true story of the lead singer Flowers. I missed his first name. His jealousy and paranoia when he walked into a bar in Las Vegas and found his girlfriend cheating on him. I was asleep and I knew something was wrong, he said. I have these instincts. I went into the bar in Vegas and my girlfriend was there with another guy. I like songs that are based on real things like that, mm, as right. opposed to Nicki Minaj singing about her ass. Well, that's real. Which I guess is a real thing, yeah. So you like the song? I do. It's so easy to sing along to. People know it. There's certainly nostalgia. I mean, you talk yeah. about 
school dances, prom. This song was at every big event when you and I were growing up. And so that's yeah. part of it. It's kind of like Imagine Dragons now. You can't go anywhere today without hearing Imagine Dragons on everything. Mm-hmm. If I hear that song, Believer, one more time, I might kill the nearest person. <laughs> but that's how these songs were in this day and age. And, but to the whole point of this list, this is a list about songs streamed in modern age Spotify, and these songs have stood the test of time. They have at least um, 13 years worth of time. Yeah. Let me go back through the top 10. And afterward, I want you to tell me your personal favorites from this list. Number 10 is Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. Number nine, Mockingbird by Eminem. Number eight, Californication by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Number seven, Fix You by Coldplay. Number six, Seven Nation Army by The White Stripes. Number five, Hey Ya by Outkast. I can't even say the, na- the word Hey Ya without almost breaking into the song. <laughs> Four is In the End by Linkin Park. Three is Numb by Linkin Park. Two is Mr. Brightside by The Killers. And number one is Lose Yourself by Eminem. If you were building a playlist from these 10 songs, what would be the first We'll say two songs you'd add. The first two songs I would add for any kind of playlist. I'm going to go with In the End by Linkin Park and Mr. Brightside by The Killers. I'm going to go Californication by Chili Peppers and, well, actually probably Hey Ya, but Mr. Brightside would probably be number three. Well, there you have it. Buster, if you had to guess what your most streamed song from this era is on Spotify, in your real Spotify career, what would you guess the number one song would be? It's probably a different Eminem song. Hmm. From the album Recovery. It's not the Shaggy song about Was It Me? No. Okay. No. Well, there you have it. No, what do you think? For me? Yeah. It's probably a Chili Peppers song, honestly. Hmm. What do you think is your most listened to song, like in the last couple years, period? Oh. Well, I think I've said this on the pod before, but I actually don't listen to music that often anymore because most of my free listening time is reserved for podcasts. I don't know. That's a hard to answer. It might be some kid song because of my fucking selfish kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but my kids do love Michael Jackson. So there's a lot of Michael Jackson in the house. Okay. That's fun. Billy Jean. We just will wait a while till they're a lot older to discuss the uh duality about michael jackson yes i'll wait a while on that one <laughs> yeah we're gonna kick that ball as far down the field as possible or kick the can down the road the much more well, common version of okay. that saying didn't know we were showing our age our these days <laughs> our age oh come on <laughs> everyone knows that in fact kicking the can down the road should have been number one on our quotes episode we just did now i know that my number one song that I'm, I play these days is biased because I tend to play music anytime I'm working in the background. I know it would be something by the artist Khalid, but I don't know exactly which song. Is that music particularly good with working or is it just yeah, a, it's, it's a good it's song? Yeah, it's real period. chill background pop music, either Khalid or Surfaces. I play both of them, <laughs> yeah, multiple times a week. I have really stupid brain and ears so i can't listen to music or podcasts while i'm working mm. it has to be quiet for me to work so like i wish i could because then i could consume so much more shit but 
if I'm working, I can't have anything on. Well, to be fair, I can't listen to anything new or I'll, I'll gravitate towards it too much. It has to be something I already know. Something that's chill, background, I'm familiar with it, know all the words, then it's not distracting. I know you've, you told me this in the past, that you've recorded yourself booty clapping for hours. Yes. And then you've layered that into a song that you then play in your earphones while you're working. Do you think that will ever be a Spotify hit? It's just a... It might be a hit. It might grace the top 10 for a bit. But you know, you know, you mentioned up on the Billboard top charts, some songs only last up there for a week or two. I think it'll be a, a quick meteoric rise, but also a quick fall because people will fall out of grace with it pretty fast. But that doesn't mean it wasn't great in the short amount of time it was up there. I'm just thinking about that. Like, what kind of world we'd have to live in where you're fucking just monotonous booty clapping for a five-minute song is number one on the Spotify charts for even one day. What does that mean for humanity? Well, we're getting close because I feel like so many of the most popular songs right now are about the exact <laughs> same Nicki thing. That's Nicki Minaj's next song. <laughs> it's about, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, for the listeners, I'd love to know your favorite songs. I've already read some of them, but feel free to send me some more. You can follow us at Tennis Pod on all the social. You can also follow me at the Nick Mel on Instagram and Twitter. Before we get out of here, I got to share some good news and some bad news. Let's do the bad news first. The episode you're listening to now will be the last new main feed episode until January. Taking so a wait, few we weeks. won't be hearing you for a while? That's bad news. Well, you'll still be hearing me because of what I'm about oh, to say. Oh, that is bad news. Is then. it possible for me to get through even a single fucking thought without you interrupting? Uh, okay, so here's the good news. We will return with all new episodes in January, and when we do that, it's going to be episode number 200. Today is 199. The next new episode you hear is episode 200. That's big. There's more good news because during this break between now and episode 200, I will keep the main feed active with best of content as well as some unlocked bonus episodes. And my last thing I'll say is that we do have three brand new, all new bonus episodes planned during this break. So you still can hear new content during this break, but they're all going to be on TennisPod Plus. You can sign up now so you don't miss them. Go to TennisPod.com slash P-L-U-S. Buster, are you going to make it during this break? I will find some way to cultivate tenacity, to get through, to bear down, grit my teeth, and find a way to get on the other side to a new year, new episode in the 200s. Yep. <laughs> right on time. Yep. Well, just listen to Shaggy Records albums between now and then. We'll get you through. Yep. By the way, can we talk about that song for just a hot minute before okay. we say goodbye here? Yeah. She literally saw him in the act. <laughs> Buster. Cheating with somebody else. And he says... It was not me. <laughs> well, in fact, she saw him in multiple positions. What are the positions? He go bathroom floor, shower. He was like, yeah, on the kitchen counter, on the bathroom floor. Yeah, it's like I get what you're saying. Wasn't but me? This does sound like something George Costanza would say if he was faced with this. I remember there's an episode where early on where George has sex with the cleaning lady, and when called out by his boss, he just says, "Is that looked down upon? Was I not supposed to do that?" <laughs> so I could see George thinking in the moment, that wasn't me. And you know, he'd commit to it. So on that note, maybe this was a missed, out, missed opportunity for a Seinfeld episode of George having sex with someone on the bathroom floor that we as the viewer get to watch. 
<laughs> Which is probably on Pornhub somewhere right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's it, Buster. I hope you have a fantastic holiday. And the same to you. And what else should we say? Should we wish happy holidays to our listeners, or do we not care about that? To one and to all. What's the saying from Santa Go? Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Don't forget to leave those cookies and milk out for Santa so he doesn't beat your children to death. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Nick. He's Buster. I really appreciate you listening. I'll see you on episode 200. See ya later. Later.